Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. of Wookie Radio. It is the Smugglers 3. Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. How's everybody doing? All right. Uh, I'm doing fantastic. To, to Glad to see you did, didn't get eaten by an Ewok. Hey, I, they invited me and they made me part of the tribe. I feel great. <laughs> I do want to say thank you to Jim for, take, for um, taking my seat at the console last week. That was awesome. Thank you, man. S- still my wind. That's where I was going to go next, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, well, he, was, he was filling the spot for me so but it, it's, it's nice to know that we are now a part of the tribe or at least you Aww. are <laughs> um check out the homepage webegeeks webegeekspc.com for the network but wookieradio.net check out our affiliates uh added a nice little player i don't know if you guys saw it nice little mp3 player on the side widget so you could listen to the show if i did not see that if you didn't want to do the you know as you're scrolling down the home page or or just want to leave it up that's another way of listening to the show um also too we are real close to our store opening i just sent off the hat request today so yes we have hats coming sweatshirts are coming soon as well so we're gonna have hockey jerseys baseball jerseys hats and sweatshirts yay awesome this is gonna be cool opening soon hopefully when we do the launch it'll coincide with labor day weekend and everything's gonna be ten dollars off nice or jerseys and sweatshirts might be ten dollars off and then ten percent off maybe on on hats so be cool um trying to think what else i had something else contact us on facebook twitter uh instagram at wookie radio and the second instagram account wookie underscore radio uh email us at wookie at wookie radio.net and uh yeah cool <laughs> trying to scramble see what else was going on besides the n- nice little uh press release we got today yeah and, it, and the show looks awesome i love the look of this so far well, yeah i do too what we're talking about is Star Wars Resistance, the first trailer. Now, I'm very excited. I have watched this mm-hmm. trailer probably three or four times. Mm-hmm. And I will say to me, I don't know if y'all remember the Disney animated movie Treasure Planet. Yeah. Ne- never saw it. Or Atlantis. This has that type of vibe and feel to it. A little bit, yeah. Uh, I'm, the animation reminds me of some show that's I've been out in the last couple of years, but I can't put my finger on it. Voltron. 
It's hmm? Voltron. Not uh, quite. Little, yeah. Yeah, but this uh, a, this doesn't have the it has a similar um like shape to, or to the design, but it's just the animation style is a little different than that though. Actually, it might it feels a little like the um previous Voltron series from like 2012. Yeah. The one they had on like Nickelodeon, remember that one? Vaguely. It feels kind I, of I like that. that it looks like that one a little bit. I mean, what was it Voltron Iron Force? I I like the look. I mean, Clone Wars with the animate with this heavy CGI look was great. CGI um anime feel to it was awesome. Rebels Seemed very heavy CGI. That looked great. Uh, again, this one still has a, to me, like I said, a little bit of that Treasure Planet feel, but also still seems to have it, an anime type feel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I might even say like some of the later, almost has the feel of like the later Yu-Gi-Oh series a little bit. I don't know. I But I'm digging the, I'm digging the look. Yeah. Uh, so with so I'm going to read the actual press release that we got from Lucasfilm or Lucas or from the Lucasfilm animation um, press release team. Star Wars, Re- uh, Star Wars Resistance, a new animated series that takes place prior to the events of The Force Awakens, takes flight with a one hour premiere Sunday, October 7th at 10 p.m. Eastern on Disney Channel. Uh, Disney Now and Disney Channel Video On Demand was subsequent airings on Disney XD. The high-flying adventure series follows Kazudo Ziono, or Kaz, a young pilot recruited by the Resistance for a top-secret mission to spy on the growing threat of, of the First Order. Following its U.S. debut, Star Wars Resistance will roll out globally on Disney channels worldwide. Um, in the one-hour premiere titled The Recruit, Poe and BB-8 assign newly appointed spy Kaz to the Colossus, a massive aircraft refueling platform on the on an outer rim water planet, home to colorful new aliens, droids, and creatures. While undercover, Kaz works as a mechanic and lives with Poe's old friend, Jaeger. I wonder if that's a tribute to Chuck Jaeger. I don't know. That'd be cool Ooh, if it was. Maybe. I would not be surprprised, especially once we look at some of these um, the names, once we get to the names of the characters yeah. who's playing them. A veteran pilot who operates a starship repair shop run by his crew all right i'm again i'm reading from the press release uh, but we're going to go through these characters again because we have a story that's got more detail on them uh tam niku and their old battled astromech droid bucket all right they had me at astromech mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not saying but i'm saying Cassoon finds himself in over his head with his newfound friend bb8 as he'll have to compete in dangerous sky races Keep his mission a secret from his newfound family and avoid the danger of the First Order. Um, I'm going to skip the cast list. Does your story with the cast list, or does the story, well, I'm going to get to the next story in a second. Um, so, the, the, the according to Filoni, uh, the idea for Star Wars Resistance came out of my interest in World War II aircraft and fighter pilots. So, yes, Jaeger... He was a World War II pilot, then became one of the first test pilots. Um, my grandfather was a pilot. My uncle flew and restored planes, so that's a big influence on me. There's a long history of high-speed racing in, in Star Wars, and I think we've captured that sense of excitement in the anime-inspired style, which is something the entire team has been wanting to do for a long time. So, um... Here's some of the characters. Well, before we get into that for a second, this is, I found it very interesting that they keep saying that this is skewed towards the younger audience, right? The premiere is at 10 p.m. on a Sunday. 
See, I don't, I, I don't ever remember hearing them say it was skewed towards the younger audience. See, I've seen. Well, I don't know if they've ever. Yeah, said I don't remember that. Either. Everywhere anybody ever talking about it has always said this is skewing to. No, um, it was in the articles that are talking about uh the new Favreau series, and everybody's assuming this is skewing towards a younger audience. And um, from the look of it, you can see that it's they're aiming at a similar audience to Rebels, because Rebels, you know, was aimed at younger kids than like Clone Wars right. was. Right. But. It, Interesting that this has a 10 p.m. premiere time. Almost, they know who's going to be watching this, so it's interesting that you got that when it's supposed to be aiming at. I mean, other than the fact that they know it's going to be all over the streaming apps and stuff. Yeah, but I guarantee, I I can almost guarantee you, Sunday, October 7th at 10, it's going to be airing probably Monday morning, Tuesday morning. Yeah, maybe Thursday oh, morning. Plus, I don't. I don't right know, before I don't, the kid, I don't right before feel kids like go it's to really school, geared towards that young of an audience. No, no. I don't think so either. It, it's, we'll have to see. It, We've only got what two months now. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I personally feel actually it's, about a month and a half. It's geared towards more of the kids, or not the kids, the audience who who just went through Rebels. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, there's some very that's us. very similar that's, aspects to this. That that's my daughter. We had in Rebels too. I mean, right now, I mean, this is just tagging everyone in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't want to watch it, fine, don't watch it. It's going to be your loss. Well, this also similar to Rebels. Looks like it looks like it's based mainly on one planet, so they don't have to worry about a bunch of sets for the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, but remember, Rebels for the first what two seasons didn't leave leave both all. True, but remember, then as they got more money, they were able to actually build more sets. Kaz is a spy. Yeah, doesn't mean he might not leave the. Um, shoot, we just, they just called it Colossus or Colossal. Yeah. The Colossus. Yeah. So, um, now the characters, Christopher Sean will be the voice of Kaz. I don't even know if I know who this is. And and that's one of the other cool things about Christopher Sean. Okay. Uh, what's his Wikipedia? What's his, what's his filmography? Here we go. Um, Stuff we might know him from. He was on the Mindy Project for an episode. Okay. Uh, he had a reoccurring role on Hawaii Five O for thirteen episodes hmm. as a character by the name of Gabriel Waincroft, which I don't remember. Uh, he was on the Lizzie Bennett Diaries as Bing Lee. It was a main uh, web series. He looks familiar. Yeah, he looks very familiar. So, uh, well, welcome to Star Wars there, Christopher. Hopefully we'll get you on one day. Uh, Rachel Butera is going to be voicing General Leia Organa. Very interesting. Awesome to see that Leia is going to be in this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with, with Rachel, her credits are, uh, she's Crane Prime from the 2015 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, she's she, on Rocky and Bullwinkle, the new one. Yep. Uh, definitely. She's been the voice <laughs> of Meryl Streep on the family guy. Yeah, that one's good. <laughs> um, definitely a veteran in. And voice acting. Oh, yeah. So, uh, she was on Space Dogs Adventure to the Moon. <laughs> she she played, or she did the voice of Jasmine, Mary Jane, Girl, and many others on Leisure Suit Larry in the Land of the Lounge, Liz- Lounge Lizards Reloaded. That came out back in 2013. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Such a great game. <laughs> and then she played the character... She played the character Avery in, and it looks like an episode of Pokemon. Ooh. So she's going to be playing uh, 
Leia. Uh, Scott Lawrence uh, is going to be voicing Poe's old friend, Jarek Yeager. Um, Susie McGrath voices Tam Rivora. Josh Brenner voices Nico Vozo or Niku Vozo. Um, Miran- Miranda Velasco voices Tora Doza. Donald Faison voices Hype Faison. I, don't, I, like, I love Donald yeah. Faison. I don't He's think awesome. that's I love that a stretch of the him. name. He's basically... <laughs> yeah. Um, he was on Scrubs. Um, He's been in all kinds of stuff. He was supposed yeah. to be in Detours. He was supposed to be a character, uh, voice actor in, in Star Wars Detours. Mm. Uh, Jim Rash voices Flix. Bobby I love Mo- Jim Rash, too. Bobby Moynihan voices Orca. Orca. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, it's not spelled the same. No. <laughs> uh, Oscar Isaac returns as Poe Dameron, and Gwendolyn Christie returns as Captain Phasma. I never heard of them. And Bucket <laughs> and Bucket is the name of the new astromech droid. That's going to be interesting because he's they got a lot of work to do to have him live up to Chopper. Well, just well, let's let's take it even further to live up to uh, to R two D two. Yeah, and what, and BB eight at this point in time. I'm trying Who's to... in this trailer? Yeah. Well, he's going to be in the series as well. So mm-hmm. um, can we say with BB-8, it's it's pretty much going to be, um, oh, what's his name? Who who did the voice of, uh, is it Bill Mad- Mater? Who oh, did the Bill vo- Hader? Bill Hader, who did the voice of uh, BB-8. I know so, BB-8 actually had an actor playing the voice. He did. Just like I the, thought it was all just electronic. No, R2-D2 is not electronic either. It's all it's all human done. It's been burnt. So, um, so yeah, that's what I got for Rebels or for Resistance. <laughs> yeah, my mind, my mind's um, resisting. Judah's ship here is not ju- is not an actual uh, modified headhunter. Yeah, it could be. be. It could I be. See, I see one droid other than BB-8 at uh at about forty seconds in the trailer. I wonder if that's Buckethead. Yeah, it's got to be because he's he's wearing a helmet though, so it's hard to tell much about him. Yeah. To me, this vibe has almost got, this has such a Treasure Planet vibe to me. Yeah. Again, I and, never saw Treasure Planet, so I can't comment. Well, Treasure Planet was um, basically Swiss Family Robinson in space. No, no, no. No, it no, was, no, no, no. Yeah, it, no, it, it was um, It was a, a space version of Treasure Planet. Oh, what was one? Treasure Island. Treasure, Treasure Island. Island. It was a, yeah, yeah, space version of Treasure Island. But um, yeah, and interesting. You look at the spa- the um racing in this, and it reminds me of a lot of the um Star Wars flight sim games. Yeah, where you got to fly through uh, rings to get through the goals. Yeah, and, and not just Star Wars, just in general flight general flight sim ga- racing games where you had to fly through the different targets and stuff. Or uh, you know the old uh, <clears throat> Super Four, if you ever played that. <clears throat> Which game again? Superman on the Nintendo 64. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was not good. <laughs> I My guess is, Derek, I'm looking at the droid. I think that is Bucket. It might yeah. be. And I'm if, guessing, yeah. And if so, bring it to action figure status now yeah i'm sure i'm it's, sure it's coming at some point with the helmet and they said that they said bucket <laughs> was an old droid and this droid that they're showing here looks like it is old and beat down it's missing half of its coverings yeah 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 wouldn't it be funny if this was r4d or r r5d4 <laughs> yeah <laughs> somehow he got off a of tatooine yeah i like that look though i like the way he looks yeah he, he looks at you know at the miss missing parts and everything yeah, the, man, I'm looking forward to this show. And I, and I love the the look of the helmet too. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so um, that's all I got for Rebels. <laughs> I did it again for Resistance. <laughs> you I, must I, resist the, the urge to call it Rebels. I'm rebelling. Yeah. <laughs> so um, well, speaking of rebelling and being a rebel. Ah, yes. Well, <clears throat> um, there's a little thing. I guess I guess you could call it a game. I guess. Yeah. Or or uh, a um, um, augmented reality. It's a virtual deal. virtual reality. Yeah, virtual, virtual reality, reality experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, called Secrets of the Empire, and uh, it has a new feature that you may find interesting. And of course, uh, in Secrets of the Empire, the mission your mission is. Uh, under the orders of the budding rebellion, your team will travel to the molten planet of Mustafar. Your mission is to recover imperial intelligence vital to the rebellion's survival alongside the pragmatic droid K2SO. Your team must navigate through an enemy facility walking into danger at every turn. Disguise as stormtroopers, grab your blaster, solve puzzles, and fight giant lava monsters in an effort to fulfill your team's orders. So I would love to try this at some point, but there's not the closest place to me is probably Florida down where you are, Mike. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you so know, I what? have to take a visit. I, I think if we do a Wookiee Radio meetup when <laughs> Galaxy's Edge opens, I think we then should do uh, maybe a Wookiee Radio tournament at the Ooh, Void. That sounds interesting. It'd be cool. That sounds very interesting. So, so the new feature uh, is interesting. It's um. So it says, you infiltrate, infiltrated an Imperial base disguised as a stormtrooper. You stole secret data. You encountered someone. He seemed un- unstoppable. You somehow escaped without a trace, or so you thought. So now the, uh, the, the Void, they've added uh, wanted posters, which is kind of a neat feature. Yeah. So you get a little, uh, you get a little uh, memento on, and it tells you how... So the the crime it lists the crimes that you've done, uh, and they're actually achievements. And the more you earn, the more you're worth to the empire. <laughs> so so your uh, your bounty is pretty much pretty much tells you how well you did in the game. Um, and uh, StarWars.com talked to Matt Martin, who is the man behind all of the posters. Uh, he's from Lucasfilm Story Group. And he, they asked him about the the posters, and uh, they asked they asked him how did he and the story group collaborate with the makers of Secrets of the Empire to create them, and he said uh, ILM X Lab originally pitched the idea to the Void team, and the project really took off. The Void worked on some initial proof of concepts, and from there, it was a matter of thinking through some of the in-fiction details for writing and overall graphic design with the teams at Lucasfilm. Uh, We had a list of all the achievements that could be earned, so we, along with ILMX Lab team, had to look at those and try to make them sound as Star Wars-y as possible, which is always fun. Right. So uh, when asked about how they would figure out how the wanted poster might look like. Um, he said that the Rebels design was definitely the go-to inspiration, as it's the most well-established. Uh, but he wanted it to feel unique, so they didn't replicate it one-to-one. 
And uh, it's designed as a marketing piece before making its way to the show itself. So they already knew what the English language version looked like. Uh, they established in-universe style and gave it to Eric Tobiasen, ILM art department art director, and he ran with it. He created six unique stormtrooper poses that are based on your inexperienced av- <clears throat> excuse me avatar selection and the whole Empire aesthetic on the wanted posters. Uh, after that, there was only some minor tweaks to get it to the final version. And uh, another interesting thing about it is uh, that the images, you choose a color for your trooper, and the color shows up on your shoulder pauldron. Uh, so you know, that way you know who's who in the group. And the wanted poster ch- takes your choice into account. So if you choose a blue pauldron trooper, you'll have an image of the blue trooper on your poster. So that's a good way to yeah. to keep uh, keep it all separate, so you know which one's which. Makes instead sense. of all just being instead of all just being plain stormtroopers. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a great idea. Make it make it a lot easier. Yeah, um, yeah, and so of course, as I said before, basically it's your score, and that they put on the poster as your bounty. So kind of gives you a little bragging rights. Yeah, which is kind of interesting. I like that idea. So where, where would you say that the size Disney Springs here in Orlando, Florida, where, uh, where, where else can you play? Well, you can play in the following places, of course, at Orlando, Florida. Um, it's going to be such a long drive. Anaheim, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Anaheim, California, of course. Hold on a second. Yeah, there's five different locations here. Yeah. And I had close Ah, there we go. So, The Void at Downtown Disney in Anaheim. The Void at the Rec Room in West Edmonton Mall in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. The Void at Glendale Galleria in Glendale, Glendale, California. The Void at Grand Canal Shops, the Venetian in the Palazzo in Las Vegas, Nevada. And, of course, The Void at Disney Springs in Orlando, Florida. Very cool. Well, let's move right along. I know it's a Muppet song, too. Mm-hmm. Right into some speculation. Let's speculate away. Well, it's interesting because um, now this is being reported by The Express out of the UK, which is a very much a, a tabloid newspaper. So take this with a grain of salt. But it gives, brings some interesting ideas. And um, the idea of Carrie Russell's been mentioned as being in Star Wars Episode Nine, but what is she playing? Well, according to the Express, they're reporting that um, the new edition Carrie Russell has been shooting a scene with Adam Driver, which has been has been described as an action sequence of some kind or on some kind of ship. Now, according to the newspaper, they were they argue that Carrie Russell's character is named Mara, which we heard a, cu- a couple months ago. Remember, they were um, there was a casting call out for a character named Mara. Right. Right. So, uh, but we we figured that was just for the. Um, um, for the casting call, it's probably not the name of the character, but they're claiming that's it. This is the name of this character, and she it claims that um, according to them, the last Jedi novelization opens with Luke dreaming about Mara Jade, which we know is wrong. That's actually Cammy he was dreaming about in the beginning of the last Jedi novelization. Um, but they're also claiming that this could be Ray's mother in this. Hmm, that Carrie Russell may be brought in to be um, Ray's mother. Now, um, outside of what they're claiming here, we do know Karen Russell has done some action stuff in the past, like um, in the very beginning of Mission Impossible 3, I believe she was in. And she had, a, what, a whole 10 minutes with some action and stuff in it with gunplay and things like that. But um, it's interesting thinking that she could play Ray's mother in this. Yeah, that's very interesting. 
And um, maybe because we were remember we've speculated back when the last Jedi first came out that the uh, that Kylo Ren may have been lying to her the whole time about her parents being junk traders who were oh, um, yeah. sold her for drinking money. I'm or sure he was. Yeah. Either that or maybe he was correct. And but they were something before that. True. Yeah. yeah. They may have been I, Jedi at one point or something. I'm thinking about it and I can totally see Russell being raised mother. Yeah, she's got she actually they look similar. Yes. Or yeah, similar they enough. Do. Yeah, right. So it'd be interesting to see what um what comes of that. But um like I said, the whole thing of her being called Mara, I doubt I don't think they're gonna use that name. No. Because I, if they yeah. were, they would have already done it and it would have been Mara Jade. Yeah. So and like we've like we speculated on here before, we remember we know that George Lucas hated that character. He right. did not like Mara Jade at all. So I don't think they're going to, um, especially when the, the there's rumors also that uh, Lucas may actually have a little bit of guidance in this movie. Some that he may be consulting with JJ a little bit on some story ideas and stuff. I mean, mm. if that's the case, would, would you really want to upset or tick off George? Yeah. At this oh, point in time, or, or would you just say he's not part of it anymore? So what's it matter? Yeah. Well, one thing I'm wondering is, uh, remember they made a big deal about, um, um, oh, what's his name from the first, uh, from the Force Awakens? They brought in um, or Santeca, uh, Max von Sydow. They made a big deal about Max von Sydow being in this movie, and then he was oh, in right, like, yeah. five minutes of the movie, and that was it. Right. The very beginning. I'm yeah. wondering if that's not what we're going to get with uh, Carrie Russell being that she's a big name being brought into the movie. And like, and remember, uh, Mission Impossible Three. She was brought in as a big name. She's going to be in this movie. She was in five minutes of the movie. So I'm that is entirely possible. Yeah, that could happen. It and could. JJ's you know, track record on this. It could be like a flashback or something, or right. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But I'm almost leaning towards that's what they're going to do with her. Is <laughs> I agree. With, yeah. Out of the new cast. She's the only one that's a ma- that actually is a name everybody knows, right? Out of the new cast members, so and JJ, you could tell, you could see from his track record of other movies and stuff, he likes to work un- um, unknown actors and stuff for new roles, right? right. Things like this, which sometimes is called stunt casting and stuff. Like you bring in someone who's well known and everybody knows exactly who it is. He'll bring him in, let him do have a brief cameo, do something that's going to be memorable, but that's it, and then they're out. Right. So. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, that all kind of makes sense. That could also lend credence to her being Ray's mom. Right. True. If they did a flashback of some sort, maybe gave us the other half of the scene we saw in The Force Awakens when Unkar plot takes. Ray away from her parents or whoever. Maybe you see the other half of that scene. Yeah. All right. So, so. well, heading into the the next story, um, I th- I think this kind of helps bring a couple characters that we had talked about before, um, and especially when we had uh, I'm drawing a blank Rubio. Yeah, me too. I know who you're talking Ru- about, Kevin Rubio. Yes. Um, there is a novelization of Solo a Star Wars story coming. And in it, um, well, over on StarWars.com, we get a, a novel, a excerpt of the novelization. And in this excerpt is um, Han gets in trouble with the Imperial Navy and faces a military tribunal, which I, I kind of wish maybe we get as a one shot on the DVD or Blu-ray, please. Possibly. Um it's possible. Onyx Squadron maintained formation. Han knew that voice, and it always made him grind his teeth. Flight Officer Ubel was constantly demanding they play it safe. Um, and of course, then Han privately thought that if 
If Umbel had been in charge, the Empire would have encompassed one of the smaller skyscrapers on Corsica instead of half the galaxy. So um, from this, we, we know that uh, he's probably not too happy. You know, he's not too happy with his... Um, with his commanding officer, so this is probably what gets him removed from the flight academy. Well, it's not that as much. Um, th- I read through the whole thing here, and um, it's actually kind of cool. It does answer this does answer though the question of um, he went in as a flight officer, and then when we find him later, he's an infantryman. Right. right. This is why. <laughs> well, uh, and, and then later. I, I guess he has an interaction with, uh, no, he doesn't. I was going to say, I'm so used to seeing <laughs> the word Moff, I'm thinking Grand Moff Tarkin, but no. Um, but he does have an interaction with uh, Lieutenants Greenlee and Otun- Otanu, a.k.a. Tag and Bink. Ah, yes. So now this officially brings them canon. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting because it does. it is the Tag and Bink we know. Because it says, once upon a time, Han had attempted to befriend them, but they turned out to be such colossal screw-ups that Han started to avoid them before they got him or themselves killed. Yeah. <laughs> Which almost, I would almost say, almost bring the, the, the Tag and Bink are dead, make them canon now. So It's possible. It's very possible. Um, so yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to to seeing this book and uh, seeing yeah. what, what's going to be. Uh, you can pre-order it at Random House Books currently. Uh, your copy is going to be. It doesn't say. Let me click pre-order. It, it's free for Amazon. Uh, hardcover is going to be twenty-one bucks roughly on Amazon. Mm. Or you could just go get one of go go get yourself a. Uh, a bag from Utini, who we have our smugglers bags with. If you want to get some more legend and canon books, uh, we have uh, we have enough variety to go six months. But check with Utini; maybe they'll be having this as their book of the month uh, when Solo does come out. So there's always that shot there too. Mm-hmm. Well, also if you have a Kindle or you have any device that runs the Kindle app, you can get the Kindle version of this for fourteen ninety nine. Yep, nice. So I would say well, check with Utini. Who, who is a friend of the show that we partner with. Oh, yeah. Um, and I believe, was it code Wookie gets you 15% off on your order. So could be a little bonus there, too. So uh, speaking of bonus, I might have an, yet another TV show. Well, let's take a little trip, shall we? Uh, let's take a little trip to the planet of Tatooine. Uh because it turns out that Lucasfilm had been planning a return trip as they were going to be doing a show. Um, according to production designer Neil Lamont, uh, the studio had mapped out plans for a potential standalone movie revolving around Tatooine and of and most icy spaceport. You know the wretched hive de- uh, the red de- Never mind. <laughs> Easy for you to say. The, the, wretched, <laughs> my, the wretched hive of scum and villainy. Yes, <laughs> I had a little uh, got a little tongue tied there for a second. Hey, we like hanging out in those places. <laughs> um, of course, news of a potential most Eisley movie first emerged two months ago. Uh, when it was when it was, I don't think it was it officially announced that. In light of Solo, uh, Lucasfilm was halting production on all standalone picks. Still, was no. that ever officially? No, 
No, I didn't think so. Um, including Kenobi, the Obi-Wan film, and the Boba Fett movie in the works from James Mangold. Uh, but neither project has shown any signs of life in quite some time, which has led many to conclude that they've been temporarily shelved. Uh, but again, I have not seen an official announcement on that. Um, so, but has that same fate happened to the planned Tatooine spinoff? Uh, Lil Neil Lamont certainly thinks so. And uh, in an interview with Cinema Blend. He said he hoped to return to the project some one day, providing the stars align. And he's quoted as saying, we were just starting our work on another Star Wars spinoff. And yeah, we were actually just making our mark on Tatooine, which would have been interesting in some other new galaxies. So hopefully, if that comes back, we'll get the chance to be able to do that further. Um, so it sounds like those rumors could be true. They were planning on doing something with Mos Eisley. Yeah. As much as we're hearing about this, because now officially everybody is saying, no, this is not happening, this is not happening. It's almost like they're protesting too much at this point. Then I'm right. thinking that yeah. we give it a year, wait till the, um till they're done with um, Solo and seeing what the final results of Solo after all the DVD sales and everything come in. Right. And they decide, okay, let's do And they finally make a decision. What exactly do they want to do after episode nine? I'm thinking these movies are still on there on the burner. They're still going to hit. Oh, yeah. It's just gonna, yeah. They got bumped like a year, but they're still coming. Right. I think they were actually planning on that story we heard a couple months ago that they were getting ready to start um, Kenobi as soon as they um, wrapped on episode nine was actually real close to the truth. Right. And after what happened with Solo, all they did was just like, hold on, let's just wait and see what happens here. And then we're going to keep going because they're not going to stop making Star Wars movies. Right. Solo made money. It didn't make what they wanted to, but it made money. Right. I think, though, thinking about it, if they're going to do something with Mos Eisley, I kind of would rather maybe see it be a like a series on the streaming service yeah. than a movie. I yeah. think we could do more with that. I agree. I would almost like Kenobi to be something like that, too. Anything where it's like it feels yeah. like you're going to stick in one general location, that needs to be more of a series. Yeah, I think so. A movie needs to be big and broad and have multiple locations and all this stuff. Kenobi, right. like I said, for me, Kenobi needs to be all on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. Right. In order for um, – because Obi-Wan we know would have um, – from seeing him in Rebels even in between when he and Maul were there – Kenobi was sitting there not that far from um, Luke because his job was to make sure Luke is safe. Right. I don't think he would have left Tatooine at all that whole time. He thought the universe was done with him. He had one job and then he was happy to just fade off into the into the um, like legends of the force from there. He would have been fine never leaving Tatooine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, like it's already been said, I'd rather see, see it on the streaming service than an actual movie. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking Even though, of, go ahead. Speaking of, I was going to say, speaking of the Obi Wan movie, I read today that uh, Ewan McGregor has said that he has not been approached at all. See, I don't think they've done anything with it yet. Uh, I know when he was I don't on. Think so either. Yeah. I know when he was on the View promoting um, Christopher Robin, he definitely said he would come back and do it again. Right. Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's out there. If offered, he's not going to turn it down. Right. It just needs to needs to be offered. Um, but right now, nothing's been slated. Nothing's been said on what the actual film for 2020 is going to be. Yeah. Right. We know so. there's going to be something there. 
Although there's rumors now that it could be the first of the Ryan Johnson trilogy yeah. in 2020. Well, it was supposed to be another standalone. And, of course, we've heard Boba Fett. We've heard... Um, well, <clears throat> yeah, but... Kenobi. Also, with episode nine, that's going to end the, the whole... <coughs> excuse me, Sky, Skywalker... Right saga, so but but it that, was, that could change things. It was supposed to go episodic standalone, episodic standalone, episodic standalone, and standalone mm-hmm. was supposed to be based around the era of the original six films. Hence, why we got Rogue One. Hence, why we got Solo. Right, but things have could easily have changed since then. Yeah, yeah. Well, who, who's to say the next film isn't about Maul and? And him creating the the Black Dawn. Yeah, Crimson Dawn. Well, that's what we speculated when we saw Solo, that this is setting up. There's uh, There are other stories. This set up at least two more films after that. Yeah. One going the direction of Maul and um, Crimson Dawn and what they're doing. The, set, the other movie would be a Solo um, sequel with Solo working for Jabba. Right. Which Those is, are two I separate think, stories. I think the next movie should be... They should finish off the Ewok trilogy. Sounds good to me. I love those movies. <laughs> they are they are dumb and campy, but they are fantastic. I have those on uh, on DVD. It, you, you you make that suggestion as if you're also trying to compare Tom Cruise to Channing Tatum. Oh, I I personally don't have a problem with Channing Tatum, but that's a, that's someone else. <laughs> So but, um, no, the Ewok Adventures would be cool to just revisit. I'm I'm assuming we're going to see that. We'll probably see those on the streaming service. I don't I, know. Maybe I'm if hoping. I remember it, they were released on ABC to start with, which Disney owns also. Were they released on ABC or? I think they were ABC. I, I don't so. don't hold me to that, but I believe they were. Um, but like I said, they were campy and um, they were definitely show their signs of their time. But actually, a lot of it. Other than the magic effects, I believe was uh, both of them had some ma- some indoor uh, magic. Other than those effects, and actually those ones don't look terrible anymore. I saw the Ewok movies like a year or two, a couple years ago, and it still mostly held up the look of it. Uh, it was originally re- Battle for Endor aired November twenty fourth, nineteen eighty five. On ABC, yeah, and then Courage for Caravan aired November twenty fifth, nineteen eighty four, on ABC. I just don't remember seeing them until uh, until they appeared on the Disney Channel. See, I, re- I remember actually, really? um, yeah, yeah, those were on Saturday nights, I believe, and uh, I remember um, seeing them live because my my parents uh, we all taped it so we could watch it. Yeah, we did too. I just don't remember it, which is odd for me because I I was sucked it up. A heartbeat. Yeah. Such as when but they came out on DVD. Well, those, those but, were definitely geared towards kids. Yeah. Well, yeah, with the first were. 10 Star Wars movies being locked up and not able to be shown on the Disney streaming service currently right. when they right. launch it, I could I could definitely see them putting those on the Disney streaming service, maybe bringing back droids and Ewoks and just so they can get Star Wars content on there. Hey, yeah, maybe. I, I would love to see... Um, droids in the Ewoks cartoon show up on the mm-hmm. streaming service. Well, there was a I lot of too, Ewoks. Actually, yeah. Ewoks, I think, had two or three seasons, where droids only had one. Yeah. I'm looking it up. I know there was at least two seasons of Ewoks, because Ewoks um, was a lot be- had a lot better viewership than droids. And I remember I liked, I enjoyed it a lot better than droids. Droids, I watched a couple episodes. It just it felt weird. Yeah. 
Ewoks, for some reason, they got it right. Ewoks, two seasons, 35 episodes. Right. Yeah. And droids must have had like 20 or 15 or something like that. Uh, Droids, one season, 13 episodes. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Because Ewoks actually had a decent toy line out, too. I mean, droids put out a toy line, but it didn't do as well. Right. Yeah. But yet, they're the ones who've got the most rare action figure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, droids? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because it was um, so undersold and underwhelming on the toy sales that no one could find that to- those toys anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's like um, you can still find for le- cheap prices the um, the stuffed Ewoks from the Ewok cartoon. Like Princess Nisa and stuff. You can still find them on eBay and stuff, and they're not all that expensive because there were so many of them out there. Everybody had it. There was lots and lots of people that actually had stuffed Ewok toys. Yeah. I did. Did you have a Nisa? No, I had a Wicket. I think my sister my, um, had a Nisa. My partner Vernon actually has a dog named Nisa now. I named her. <laughs> I saw her. She she looks like Nisa. If you just put the pink cowl on her, she looks like Princess Nisa. Well, that's cool. Try and see if okay with Ewoks. You had the the Duloc Shaman action figure, uh, King Goret, uh, Gornesh. Uh, yeah, there was a, a Wicket. You could get it on eBay for four hundred and twenty five dollars or best offer. Wow. Yikes. And it has a $2. coin. That's my best offer. And it has a coin. Yeah. Head does not move. <laughs> is um, that the stuffed Ewoks? No, this is the action figures. Okay. Because the stuffed ones, I can't see going for that much. <laughs> but this one, oh, it's a custom. Custom Star Wars droids Ewoks R2-D2. R2 was not in Ewoks. Um, Kenner, Star Wars, Wicket, W. Warwick, Ewok, uh, plush, $100. Yeah. So, like I said, you can get them, and they're they're not super, super expensive. Right. Mm. For, I mean, for toys of that age, that's not a, that's not a huge price. Yeah. All right. Uh, the cartoon low gray is $175. Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of cool. So, um, I guess we could just fly on over to, to the next topic. Oh, yeah. Well, I was excited when I saw this one is um because just like you guys you guys are the right age as I am that um for a long time and we've talked we've talked about it often on here the um before Timothy Zahn made his novels but after Star Wars disappeared for a while we had the dark times that five or six year period after Return of the Jedi and before Timothy Zahn put out the heir to the Empire where there was really not a whole lot going on for Star Wars the toy lines were dead the Ewoks and droids cartoons were gone every once in a while you could get a replay of one of the Star Wars movies or you had the VHS tapes that was it right there was a little company called West End Games that was actually making the Star Wars role playing game back then ah uh, yes and the star wars and even now if you get in the source books and stuff are not that expensive they were actually writing new star wars back in the back then and they were um close enough to what people consider canon that timothy zahn and some of the other writers of the early star wars eu actually were using the west end source books and adventure books to actually get the world or the universe of Star Wars to find out um, where some of these planets and stuff were. If I remember right, Coruscant was originally introduced in the West End games until Zahn brought it into the EU. Yeah. It was originally named in the um, role playing games. Well, Fantasy Flight Games, we know, has bought the West End games and they put out the, they re put out the source book and the um, role playing game this past year as a, for the, um, what was it, the 30th anniversary, I believe. Well, um, they have, they've also been making the new Star Wars role playing game uh, and they have three different versions of it out. It's the um, Edge of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, and Force and Destiny, which are three different eras of um, Star Wars to play in. 
Well, they're putting out a brand new source book. Now, anybody who doesn't know, a source book basically is not um, it's not a standalone role-playing book. The standalone role this goes with the role-playing game, so you can add more characters and um, locations and technology to the games you're already playing. Well, they're writing they're um, adding Rise of the Separatists, which is a new era source book for the Star Wars role-playing game. Now, um, the press release here says for generations the Jedi Knights have been guardians of peace and justice in the Republic. But now they face a challenge like never before. With the Battle of Geonosis, the Clone Wars have begun. Battles rage across the galaxy as the Jedi and the Grand Army of the Republic fight back against the sinister agents and in, in defig- well, I have no idea. <laughs> the droid armies of the Confederacy of Independent Systems. You see that word there? Where did that come from? Indefatigable British website, so I don't know. <laughs> well, the, they're going to... The sinister yeah. agents great armies of the confederacy of independent systems meanwhile the diplomats and representatives of the galactic senate work for peace and forge political alliances amid the chaos looters salvagers and other fringe profit and other fringers profit from the detritus of war or simply try to survive fantasy flight games is proud to announce rise of the separatists a new era source book for the star wars role-playing game now rise of the separatists explores the early days of the clone wars and is fully compatible with every Star Wars role-playing game line, including The Edge of the Empire, The Age of Rebellion, and Force and Destiny. This is a 144-page source book, and you'll find expanded character, um, player character options, new weapons, gear, and vehicles, um, the profiles of famous Clone Wars era characters, guidance for running a campaign in this period, and more. So, and um, the way Fantasy Flight does this, all three of those games, Edge of Empire, Age of Rebellion, and Force of Destiny, all have the same rules. It's just a different scenario for where they play it at. So this is going to be fun, um, and it, it's cool that you can actually mix it in with any of the other systems that they already have. Yeah, that's cool. So, and um, I'm not sure when this is, it doesn't say when this is coming out, but uh, obviously it's coming out soon if they're announcing it now. Well, there is another rule. Okay. Oh, no, I, I get it. I get it. The first rule of Robot Fight Club is you don't talk about Robot Fight Club. I, I'm uh, saying, but I'm not here. saying. Yeah. It says you can pre-order it from your local resale, retailers or their website. Let me look here at the website. Oh, i got to sign in to um, see. I don't have an account at Fantasy Flight right now, so. Okay. But this looks awesome. I've played the Star Wars role-playing. It's, it's fun. It's interesting because anybody who's played Dungeons and Dragons or anything else knows polyhedral dice. Well, Fantasy right. Flight, if nothing else, has learned how to sell dice <laughs> because their X-Wing game, all their uh, miniatures, uh, ground board game style games, and the role-playing games all use polyhedral dice, but each of the games has different symbols on the dice. None of uh-huh. them are numbers. So if you want to play X-Wing, you need the, basically the same dice as you do for all the other games, but you have to have the X-Wing dice because the X-Wing dice have the symbols for the X-Wing game. The uh, role-playing game dice are designed for the role-playing game. None of them have just your regular numbers. Interesting. Yeah, it is mm-hmm. interesting. So, But it is a fun game to play. I've, I think I played... Um, I'm trying to remember which one. I think it was Age of Rebellion we played. Um, I participated in... Um, oh, what was the name? They do it in... Um, Ah, I forget. It was the one for charity, the role playing or the play game day, tabletop game day that you play to um, raise money for charity. It's like a 24 hour event usually. And I played one at a game shop around here that was playing Star Wars. We played like a t- an eight hour game, wow. which for role playing game, that's not extremely long. No, it's not. Yeah. You know, surprisingly, I've I've played a great many, many role playing games throughout my my assorted geek career. 
but I never actually played Star Wars, any of the Star Wars role-playing games. Yeah. Well, the uh, West End game was very, very interesting. What was that, Mike? I was going to say, I did the Star Trek one in summer camp because no one had the Star yeah. Wars one. Ah, well, the West End Star Wars one was interesting. The Star and Trek, what? Star Trek one I had, you were you made your ship. It, okay, you, oh, really? you, you had a ship, and your and it was mainly ship battles was your role playing. Ah, uh, I know what you're talking about because that's st- you can still buy that game, and they still actually put out stuff for it. It's um, Star Trek Fleet Battles, I believe. Yeah, and I wish <laughs> that I wish Star Wars had done the same thing. Yeah, well, they do have that now with X Wing, and they had well with X Wing Armada. Yeah, I think that's the two games are, they got. Are those role-playing? Because I know there's a tabletop. No, those ones, yeah, the, the role-playing games are the Edge of Empire, Age of Rebellion, and Forces of De- or Force of Destiny. Right. But um, the X-Wing and Armada series are your or, fleet ba- or ship battle games. Right. See, the the Star Trek one was y- your ship was your character. Oh, okay. So as you earned experience, you could up your, your phasers or your torpedo banks. Up your phasers. <laughs> Hey, my phaser is just <laughs> fine. So, but no, I mean, it was cool. I, I kind of wish they had done the same thing with, with Star Wars in the role-playing level where your ship or your fleet is your characters and, and not the tabletop type thing. But yeah. you, you do the missions where, okay, you send a, a landing team or a away team down to a, a planet and you carry out stuff there and come back and see the the problem with that though is that's not star wars star True. wars has always been more more based on um more like war warlike when it comes to ships yeah. you have sin- individual crews doing stuff uh you may have a smuggler crew of like two or three guys that's why for regular traditional role-playing games it fits a little bit better to that whereas star trek has always been more of a team-based yeah. Um, crew of the ship type deal. Right. Right. So, like, but, I, said, um, I, like I, I said, I mean, at the time, I was I was a new teenager, and it was just I was playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I wanted that for Star Wars as well. Mm-hmm. But we're talking like eighty two, eighty three. Yeah, it started. And West End hadn't started yet. I think West End yeah. started theirs. Um, well, obviously it was like 88, I believe, cause they released yeah. the, um, anniversary edition this year. Yeah. So, uh, but the cool thing with that West end games is it was a totally different system. I had never heard of, I think other, um, a couple, there's a couple other systems that use that now, but it was, um, all D sixes and yep. the, the better you were at a skill, the more right. D sixes you had to run or you had to spend or, um, roll. And you had basically a target number to do something. So say I wanted to blast a stormtrooper, depending on how far away he was, the target number, maybe I have to hit a 20 or I have to hit a 25. So the amount of D sixes I have, if I, if I'm really crummy at shooting, say I'm a stormtrooper, I only have two D sixes to shoot to roll and I have to hit like a 20. There ain't no way to do it. Right. Right. And so, that's what it was based around was just how many D sixes can you roll? Yeah. See, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a, an online version or, or a software version of this game to, to play. Uh, which one, the original one or the new one? Either or, because there's not many people around here that, that I know of that play the game. And, and maybe it's just one of those I, I want to play by myself or maybe you know, where I could control the walk and whatnot. I mean, yeah, I know some people say, well, that's kind of what Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, but, but it, it, it's not the same. No. Right. Well, 
uh, so there's plenty of um, servers out there already that are running um, live role-playing games over Skype or all over Discord or something like that, where all you do is sit together, you have someone has a camera set up. That way, if you need a map out there, someone has a camera set up on the map on their board, right. and they're moving people, things for people, and you just roll the dice and run the character from where you're at. Right. You can do that all all day long. Yeah. We could actually set up a group and play a game, but we just have to have a DM. Yeah. See, and that's the other thing. I don't have time with my work schedule. Yeah. That's why I would love to just be able to go start program and let me pick up where I left off. And... Yeah, you just want to stand alone. Right. Which is when Star Wars needs another good role-playing game because um, Knights of the Republic was amazing. One of the, and it's still rated one of the best role-playing games ever made yeah. for um, console. Yeah. But, um, and then Knights 2 wasn't as good, but it was still a fun game. But since then, we've really not had a major role-playing game. I mean, the Knights of the Old Republic standalone or um, online, you can play still. Yeah, Kotar. But that's yeah. an MMO. That's a totally different um, animal. Right. So, well, we know Resistance is coming. Uh, we just finished Rebels. We heard at San Diego, Com- at San Diego Comic-Con. Entertainment Con or Culture Con. There we go. SDCC, San Diego Culture Con. Um, that Clone Wars is coming back for one more season. Well, Star Wars. Say what? We talked about it already <laughs> at, at the Smuggler's Alliance. <laughs> um, this is huge news. Why didn't anybody tell me this? Because you were stuck camping with the Ewoks last week. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Someone hope, has to keep up relations with the Ewoks. I hope you weren't thinking with your stomach. Well. <laughs> Um, StarWars.com put out uh, this week a great article called Why We Love Star Wars The Clone Wars. Um, Set between Episodes 2 and 3, Clone Wars explored the conflict between the Republic and the Separatists, uh, which is kind of, if we were to get a TV series, this was it um, in animated form instead of live action. Um, Maybe a little cheaper to do, but it was still great. Uh, From the theatrical movie to debut in 2008 to its final episodes released as the lost missions in 2014 um it's been driven by many stories that george lucas wanted to tell showed the battles on epic and personal levels and even starred started with more episodic plots and evolved over the years to feature longer story arcs um one of the reasons why fans had latched onto it the clone wars was because it was often it was because of who was often at the heart of these stories. That was Anakin, Obi-Wan, and the character created for the show, Ahsoka, who hopefully will make an appearance on screen as well sometime in the future. Um, so built it, it built upon what was shown as um, shown of Anakin from the prequels, but depicted more of his personality and his struggles. Uh, his relationship with Padme and his ups and downs got more attention. His piloting, his piloting skills were also on display. Uh, his temper was there, and so was his heroism. Um, the series spends enough time with Anakin for fans to track, uh, his path to the dark side. Um, plus two, you know, we had some great expansion, um, that happened for other characters who got their start outside of the series, like Obi-Wan's past and missteps, the teenage Boba Fett, um, the, the, the patient mind in, in action, covering up how Palpatine orchestrated Order 66, um, visiting Darth Maul in a literal trash pile and explaining how he f- survived his fall on Naboo, um, etc. Since an animated series doesn't have the same time constraints uh, as a film, Clone Wars had the luxury to, to flex and travel into all different kinds of stories. 
which was great. Um, also, too, Clone Wars premiered in a time where we didn't know more Star Wars films were on the horizon. The show was a Star Wars lifeline for lo- longtime fans and a dazzling entry point for new ones, uh, including my daughter, who now watches on her birthday the episode that aired on the day she was born. Ah, uh, yes. Which she, she was laying on my chest asleep but hearing the movie or hearing that episode as as i was holding her her first day of life so um so yeah so i mean clone wars is what brought her into it and now that she's old enough to really understand it i'm gonna let her start watching clone wars uh, so she could really fall in love with it as well um i mean clone wars captured the hearts of countless fans um there were some great astromech action figure sets that came out of that that were sold uh, either through Disney or the exclusive stuff for like Entertainment Earth. So, um, so now with the the proper finale coming to Clone Wars, I think I think we're all excited to to see this come to a rest in a proper manner. And now I'm curious to know, I can't remember the name, so I'm gonna check Wikipedia real quick. Episodes, give me my episodes. Uh. Animated series. No, wrong one. That's the micro series. Um, yeah, that doesn't help. Uh, there we go. Go to IMDb. It was season two on November 20th. It's called Legacy of Terror. It's where Luminara Unduli disappears during a sandstorm while following Pogo the Lesser. When Anakin and Obi-Wan track her to an ancient temple, they are attacked by undead Geonosian warriors. Oh, right, yeah. As I said, this is the one that should have aired around Halloween. <laughs> like, maybe right after Children of the Force. But no, October 17th, we got the Senate spy. They could have flipped it. <laughs> well, actually, probably not, because I think all this... Legacy of Terror, I believe, is part. It's part of the whole Brain Invaders storyline because you. It starts off with weapon uh, landing on Point Rain, going into Weapons Factory, then into Legacy of Terror, and then Brain Invaders. It was a good four story arc or four episode arc. So, um, other than that, any final thoughts? Mm, nope. No, I think that was it. I that's all I had for this week. Well, I don't have any other final thoughts. Well, actually, yes, I do. Next week we got a great guest coming on. Oh right. As we, we record, do? as we record on my birthday, we got young Aunt Baru, Bonnie Parisi coming on the show next week, or hopefully coming on the show. Um, so just keep keep track on Twitter for the official confirmation announcement. So very cool. Hopefully this works out this time. So I know works. I I'm excited. So because um, I've heard her on other shows and, and she's going to be a fun interview. Cool. So if if there's nothing else, um, it's time for those immortal words. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jet, I can hold it. Pull up. No, I'm all right. Placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2! Watch your stabilizer, Gold 6! Anybody cover me! I've got two vultures on my tail! <laughs> <laughs>